Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, where we're talking about the digital revolution that's sweeping the world, changing every facet in our lives and the extraordinary companies that are behind this revolution and making it possible through cloud technologies that are touching how we live, work, how we play, learn, dream, and experience the world. We're delighted today to have Clay McGuirk, who's the Executive Vice President of Oracle Cloud Infrastructure with us. So much going on in that field. Clay, thanks for being with us. No, thanks. Thanks for having me here, Bob. And in fact, you you actually said my name correctly, which is, uh, I think, perhaps the first time ever. So this is it's, it's already off on a good foot. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Clay, happy to do that. That's great. So, Clay, there is uh, there's just so much going on right in the business world at large today with with what's happened the last 10 or 11 months, the pace of change and evolution, what business have had to do has changed so much. And it just seems like one of the things that's happened over the last several months is there's been a shift from companies saying, eh, you know, I'll use cloud here and there. It does seem to feel like it has become really the, the foundation for digital business going forward. So I'd love to hear your perspectives from all the customers that you get to talk to. Sure, well, I think um, momentum behind the move to cloud infrastructure is, I think, is only ever increasing, right? I think that what's happened with the pandemic has made it much clearer that whenever you can um, consume cloud services, it actually takes a lot of responsibility and load off of um, off of you as a as someone in, inside a business. I've talked to lots of customers, and I think that it's been huge how uh, whether they're a consumer of you know enterprise applications, you know ERP or HCM, or whether it's even um, cloud infrastructure, being able to have specialists that handle this stuff has been significant. I mean, even for example, the way that we're talking right now with Zoom, I think it's been um, if every company had had to scale their own video conferencing technology internally, mm -hmm. it would have been a disaster. But the mm -hmm. fact that we were able to consume these third-party software, whether it's Zoom, whether it's uh, you know Google Hangouts, or whether it's Teams, or whether it's uh, you know eight by eight or Jitsi, doesn't matter what it is. Th that delivery model, the software as a service model, has clearly shown the value. And I think. Uh, in the same way that, for example, uh, at least the tech industry has, is very different because I think um, everyone now is very clear on how remote work is possible and when we're productive and when we're not. I think at inflection points like this, it makes the business processes very clear. It makes it very clear to uh, companies what do they have to have that they have control over and what do they what can they let go of. And I think... Um, uh, at times like this, it makes people really focus on the future and figure out where they're investing. And I think cloud infrastructure, cloud applications uh, is a huge area for, for pretty much everyone I talk to. Just a, a perspective question for you, right? Um, you have been at Oracle now for about seven years and spent six years before that at Amazon and AWS. So you have seen, you know, all of this stuff up firsthand. And it, it just feels like for us, much as things have changed, right? And, you know, this upheaval in the world of, you know, enterprise technology, I think we're just at the beginning of it, right? I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of what's possible. Uh, completely. So, so in a quick digression, um, you know, I started programming what feels like a long time ago now. And I think there is, in this technology industry, there are things that are just hype and there are things that live up to the hype. And to me, 
what's very clear about you know, the cloud is that it is really a huge accelerator. Whether you're talking about cloud applications, which lets people run their business much more efficiently, or whether you're talking about cloud infrastructure, which in my mind is really the holy grail of reuse. You know, being able to pick up a cloud service and outsource, hey, your database management or infrastructure management or um, your messaging or whatever that service does and have someone else on the other side that runs it and operates it, that's the reuse that we all had hoped for with things like object-oriented programming. And so the massive increase in productivity that's happened is very real. But then as you know, and all of our customers know, the vast majority of server-side computing doesn't happen in the cloud today. It's still in customer-owned data centers. It's still on-premise. And you know, a decade ago, when I talked to people, they were still asking, you know, why cloud or should I do cloud? Now, all of the conversations are everyone goes, yes, I see it, but how do I get there, right? And, and that was actually a big part of the reason that I came to Oracle and what we've done uh, for the past seven years that I've been here. I came to the realization, hey, everyone's convinced they want to do it, but it isn't happening fast enough. Why? And I believe it's because we haven't made it easy enough for people to move to the cloud yet. Um, and that's where I think the innovation that's happening at Oracle, and to be fair, at all of our competitors across the industry, we're all working to, because for me, the goal is very simple. I remember the first time I used cloud infrastructure and it changed my, the way I work, it was huge. But the vast majority of people don't get to do that every day. And I believe that what we're all trying to do, definitely what I'm trying to do is to bring those benefits to everybody. The, the point you made a second ago about, you know, we got to make it simpler. I think it's still frustrating at points which uh, companies like Oracle, these technology companies with this incredible capability, but unless that is matched with an ability to see the customer's needs and requirements for what they are, instead of, you know, at, at times there are some companies that, you know, you can almost hear them saying, like, what are these dummies doing? You know, why don't they just, you know, buy more of my stuff and all their problems will go away. But those companies have had, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years of the tech industry saying, buy part of this, buy a piece of this, buy a piece of this, you go put it all together. So they've got these wildly complex environments. So to hear you describe the simplicity, which then enables a path forward to all that goodness, I just think that's very refreshing. And it has to be equally important from companies like Oracle as their technology is, because without that, the customers will never get to the technology. Com completely agree. And I think, I think simplicity is key, but at the same time, it's, um, I think it's about being as simple as possible, but no simpler. And so, you know, if you look at the transition that we've made in the cloud industry, I think in the beginning, everyone thought they would just move all of their stuff to a single cloud. And Hey, what you do is you step one, you take all your stuff, you figure out how to like put it into a giant backpack and you just carry it over to the public cloud and you empty it out. And you know, if, if you're writing completely from scratch, if you're a brand new company with no legacy, that works pretty well because your backpack's empty and you just start doing it there. But companies with, who have been successful, the reality is, is that they, they do have inherent complexity, right? There's, there's accidental complexity, which is you can just get rid of that. But inherent complexity is no, it turns out that business processes are complex for a reason. Businesses are complex. What people want to do in life is complex. And so I think what we've made the transition is, is that people now don't talk about, hey, I'm only going to be in public cloud. People talk about it's going to have to be multi-cloud. It doesn't mean for the same workload, but realistically, I'm going to have some things that run over here, some things that run over there, and I need them to work together. And at the same time, whether it's you know just during the transition or whether it's forever, I'm going to have some things that maybe they run in my data center or a colo, 
or maybe, and they need to interoperate with uh, this public cloud environment, or I'm going to have things that need to live all over the world with edge computing. And how do I actually um, make sure that all that stuff works cohesively together? Because, uh, you know, it, it's good. In the beginning, you start out with the simple idea, but then the inherent complexity also comes out. And, and as, as a cloud infrastructure provider, that's the reason that you see, I think, all of these different options um, whether it's the options coming from Oracle or from Amazon or Microsoft or Google, where we're really trying to attack those inherent problems that customers face. That's why you see more and more push towards multi-cloud. That's why you see more and more acceptance and push towards hybrid cloud. So Clay, speaking of that, it sounds like uh, Oracle's got some interesting things coming up soon. Uh, so love to hear your thoughts on that. And also Clay, in some respects, I think, goes back, I don't know, it was maybe five years ago, but uh, I, I remember it was Larry Ellison who said, you know, there's going to be a decade of coexistence. He said, people want to move to the cloud, but it's not like they started on Monday and Friday, they're there. So it this is a this is something where you've got to have, right, uh, that, that long understanding company like Oracle has of what the customers are doing, where they're needed, and what you just described a minute ago, there's so many different potential environments. So how is Oracle going to help customers tie this cloud and all those other pieces together? Sure, so um, uh, Oracle has a, I think a pretty uh, complete strategy around how we handle hybrid cloud. So um, previously we, we really started off with what we call Exadata database clouded customer. And that's an offering that brings the power of, that combines the, the power of our Exadata hardware and software platform with the benefits that we get from managing it as a cloud service. So we get uh, you know, remote management, we get automatic updates, patching, and then we, we continue to enhance that. So we brought, for example, the power of autonomous database and autonomous JSON service, et cetera, onto that same platform. So customers on their Exadata database cloud customer, they get all of those services. And that's been wildly successful. On the other end of the spectrum, one of the things that we did, which is somewhat different than our competitors is, um, we have an offering called dedicated region clouded customer in which we can actually, uh, due, to, due to differences we have in how we build and operate regions, we can actually take an entire public cloud region and shrink it down to a platform, to a footprint that we can put in a customer's data center. And we launched that last summer. That's been very successful so far. We've got customers coming back ordering, you know, they start with one and they, they come back and get more. Um, the downside, obviously, of having that is that it doesn't fit, you know, within a single rack. So the, you need more space and power, and the expense is a bit more. But the upside is that you get all of the services, and we operate and deliver it just like we do any public cloud region. And what that means is that, so as an example, in the uh, you know past six months, we've launched you know ten plus new new services within OCI. Well, all of those dedicated regions got those services at the exact same time. And so those customers are extremely pleased with that because it's not just, hey, this is like a small, tiny version of the cloud. It's the real cloud in my data center where I need it. The thing that we're launching right now, which we're also very excited about, is our roving edge infrastructure. And this is really focused on um, uh, disconnected and ruggedized use cases. So think of this as a computer or a cluster of computers. We can, we can have a small cluster of five nodes all the way up to 15 nodes. And this is for something that you can take these and you could put them in you know, an Arctic uh, polar exploration zone or off an oil and gas tower. You can put them in the backs of planes to capture airborne telemetry. Um, and so across these different industries where people need 
the ability to have completely disconnected, but fully functioning, right? So you get your compute, you get your storage, you get your networking, you have the capabilities you need. And then when you reconnect the devices, they then interoperate with the cloud. You can sync data back and forth and, and um, have the same kind of interfaces you're used to in a cloud development environment. That's a really important uh, offering. And so we're launching that now. We, uh, we're very excited about it. And um, we're seeing a lot of interest from those, those different, uh, um, we're seeing a lot of interest from those different verticals from things like you know, oil and gas to uh, exploration companies and uh, military applications. And Clay, talk a little bit more about how the the notion in the in the eyes and the minds of customers about edge, right? because I think a couple of years ago people would say that and it was a little fuzzy about what that meant. How do the customers see edge, and why is that important as it plays into your announcement? Well, I think edge is a very complex topic because as what I find is that the edge to everyone is different. You know, someone that's building say a self-driving car and they want to have edge connectivity, that's one thing. On the flip side, if you're talking to somebody who um, wants to just distribute their content around the world, they're thinking more of an edge kind of like a content delivery network. Mm -hmm. And so I think fundamentally what the edge is really about is the tension between there's benefits to centralization, mm -hmm. but there's also downsides. By centralizing, you're inherently um, increasing the latency and decreasing the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And so in a world where the, everyone is becoming more and more connected and we all want faster access time and higher bandwidth, how do we, um, how do we kind of span that gap? It, it reminds me a bit of, if you think about, you know, the, the progress that we've made in, uh, I'd say computing and, and CPUs over the past 30 years, a lot of it comes down to things like caching. How do you make something seem fast, even if it isn't always fast. And I think mm -hmm. the edge is really about that too. How do we, how do we actually, you know, get the benefits of centralization, but then bring that capability to, the, to uh, anywhere it needs to be. And that's the reason why something like the roving edge device and roving edge infrastructure um, is about bringing it to places where you can't even be connected, where you can literally be completely disconnected, have that edge and then reconnect it at a time of your choosing. And suddenly you have the benefits of connectivity again. Um, and that's where, if you look at, for example, our X data database cloud customer, that also is about bringing that edge to wherever the customers are. Um, and, uh, for our dedicated regions, you know, we have 30 plus public cloud regions and we're building another you know, dozen over the next 12 months, but there are, there are customers who need these things to sit right next to their existing applications. And by offering dedicated region, we can bring that to wherever they need uh, anywhere in the world. Well, Clay, that's what I wanted to ask about that, because in some ways, you know, there's, there's, when you talk about the ruggedized version, there's certainly some applications for it, but um, talk a little bit about how, how big is this opportunity, right? Is it like a small number of in industries that need it, or is this something that you think could have a widespread appeal? Um, well, I think, I think that there's, there's different ways to think about it. There's the actual device, which is ruggedized which I think is, uh, is never going to be as widespread as the non-ruggedized. But what I think is important and is the actual, I think, critical message that uh, you see coming from Oracle and I think uh, coming from a lot of the industry is that it's the acceptance that the transition to the public cloud is hard. It's going to take a long time to move all of your data and all of your applications 
And as a platform provider, it's my job to give you options that enable mm -hmm. that transition. Sometimes that means putting devices in weird locations that are ruggedized. Sometimes that means I can bring all of my public cloud services right next to you in your data center. So you can have your legacy applicate. Maybe it runs on this kind of hardware device or a mainframe and you can make them all work together. And sometimes it means you just need us to do a much better job of managing your database for you. That, but it's really about solving that core problem. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people don't get it. How do we make it much more accessible? Mm -hmm. And I think that what you're seeing across the industry, what you're seeing from Oracle is we're investing in different devices at the edge and we're investing in a software platform that makes it much more seamless. So whether you're writing an application that's deployed centrally or you're going to deploy that application in your data center, or you're gonna deploy that application on like an edge worker in a CD insight in a thousand places around the world, that you actually don't have to rewrite everything from scratch. That's a big part of what customers are looking for. And now a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. Well, Clay, that is a, you know, it's a, it's a profound idea there, right? That you've got um, short-term urgency that companies say, I got to move, you know, the world's changing so fast, I have to have this. And again, you are also saying, but you can't look at this whole process being something that we can wrap up in 12 or 18 months. So the, the platform providers have to see that long view and keep coming in to give, as you said, give more choice to customers, more options available to them. Yeah, I think it's, and it's, and it's, um, it's more options, but at the same time, it's minimizing the complexity as much as possible mm -hmm. because uh, that accidental complexity explosion is very difficult. Um, so I think that you'll, you'll continue to see that. So for example, one of the other things that we launched over the past six months was our uh, Oracle Cloud VMware solution. And what we did is we took a slightly different approach than many of our competitors where they offer a um, fully managed solution, which is either managed directly by VMware or by a partner entity. The, we took an approach where because of the way we built OCI and we can actually run VMware completely on top of our bare metal infrastructure with our layer two virtualized network and, and the, the work that we put in there, we actually can enable a customer to bring their VMware workloads onto OCI, mm -hmm. manage it seamlessly, do things like live migrate from on-premise to the cloud and back and have all of the same management tools and all of the same infrastructure. Um, we took that different approach because we wanted to lower that barrier. It doesn't mean obviously that you can't have a fully managed solution. And that's something that we'll look into over time. But when we talked to customers, what we found was they said, Hey, I've got all of this investment into VMware technology. I have all of these uh, tools written and security analysis and configuration. And my people are trained. I need to be able to take that experience and bring it to the cloud. So I don't have to rewrite the application. So I can get the benefits of the cloud because now I can only pay for what I use. I can get elastic scaling up and down. And so we worked with VMware and we did a lot to bring out that, um, you know, Oracle cloud VMware uh, solution. And that's available in all of our public regions. What's also interesting is it's also available in our dedicated region. So you can span from public cloud down to a dedicated region to your on-premise. 
we've seen a lot of traction around that. And you'll continue to see this kind of innovation from Oracle where we're not just taking, I think it's very easy as a technology provider to think that you know the right way to do something and to tell customers that if they would just do it your way, that everything would be easy. Yeah. And I'm not saying, by the way, I, Oracle has definitely been guilty of this in the past. So it's not as though uh, we have not made this mistake. But what is very clear to us is that everyone wants the benefits of the cloud. Everyone's going there. And the reason it's slow is because it's too hard. I, I have this conversation differently. In the transition from, you know, when we used to have the kind of old school flip phones, it took, it took about 17 seconds for everyone to have a smartphone. <laughs> Right? Why? Because the transition was easy. It was better. Now, everyone knows the cloud is better, but the transition's already taken, I don't know, a decade, and we're at 15% market penetration. So what that's telling us as a cloud provider is that we have that we have to make it much, much easier if we're going to give customers those benefits quickly. And um, I think when you really take that customer first approach and you really have that customer empathy and you understand why it's difficult, that's where you see all of these deliverables. It's why you see the different ways you have to, to, to build it for customers. Um, and you also see that around, for example, the multi-cloud approach. You know, I talk to customers, a lot of them, you know, um, as an example, a lot of our customers at Oracle are also Microsoft customers. That's the reason that we worked with Microsoft and we did the Azure OCI interconnect. Well, so that customers can run certain workloads on Azure and certain workloads on Oracle and they work well together and it will support them. And that's what customers expect from us as cloud providers. And I think if you look at where the industry is going over the next few years, you're going to see more and more focus on working together to solve those customer problems rather than just this very simplistic, oh yeah, if you just get rid of all your old stuff and redo it my way, everything will be great. That's, that's not gonna work for customers. One of the questions I, I, I wanted to ask you is um, there's a lot, I don't, I don't mean me too, but there's certain fundamental things a lot of the big cloud providers are doing that are somewhat similar. Everybody has their own take on doing things and going forward. Whenever it was three, three and a half years ago, Larry first started talking about the autonomous database. I have not heard any other database vendor say anything remotely close to that. Or, and then the autonomous cloud, autonomous Linux. Why is Oracle the only company doing this? So it's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll answer your question kind of in two parts. So one is I'll talk about um, autonomous database first, because that was really, I think, the, the big thing that where we kind of started to push around autonomous services. Um, so In my mind, when I talk to customers, when I talk about autonomous database and I've used it and you know, look, I, I don't write a lot of code anymore, but I'll, I remember installing Oracle database on a, on a desktop you know, 10 years ago and it took me what felt like two days and it was awful. And then you go to autonomous database and you click a button and like within two minutes you have a fully functioning Oracle database. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, and the functionality that you get from the system, the, but that's it, but not even that. The fact that autonomous database, for example, can go and automatically analyze the workload and do uh, automatic index creation and tuning, et cetera. In my mind, it's really about 
the full realization of the original idea behind a relational database, right? If you, if you go back in, in history and you realize before relational databases, everyone had these kind of like basically flat file things and custom databases, and it was a terrible world. Well, to some extent, what I believe, and you know, this is a this is a controversial opinion, um, but I do believe it, so I don't mind saying it, um, is that we've gone, you know, in in technology we have ebbs and flows, and we, we we come back to the same ideas over and over again. A large part of the reason for like the NoSQL movement and a lot of the push to these fragmented databases is because relational databases didn't keep up. They didn't scale high enough. They didn't have the functionality customers needed. And so they were like, hey, I'm going to go use what is basically a glorified B tree as a service and write my app that way because I need the high level of availability or the low latency or the scalability. I just couldn't get anywhere else. Well, I think that at Oracle, we take that as a challenge. Well, why can't I make a relational database? Like we know it's the best tool for storing data as long as your workload will fit on it. Well, but it's too hard to use. Okay, why can't we solve that problem? And I think the fact that Oracle is both a database provider and an infrastructure provider, because let me be clear, and this is not um, true for everyone, but the vast majority of infrastructure providers, they don't actually build a database. They take other people's databases and they install them on their infrastructure, but that's not actually building a database, right? And so when you're a company where your entire history is actually solving really hard technical problems, we couldn't solve some of that when we didn't have a cloud because you need actually the benefits of the entire infrastructure and the running service and the machine learning behind the scenes to fix this stuff. So when you bring them together, you can actually solve problems in, in a way, but you have to be willing to do the work across all layers of the stack. And that's one of the things, for example, that I only learned after I joined Oracle is that every company has like a, every company has a flavor. They have kind of like what makes them them and their DNA. One of the things that I would say, and this, this is the actual, this is the short version of the answer to your question. The reason Oracle is willing to do autonomous database and the reason that we're willing to do autonomous Linux is because at Oracle, we're not afraid of really hard engineering problems. The problems that other people go, you know what? I think that's too hard. Why don't I just create a wrapper service that makes it easier to install that thing and manage this garbage? rather than actually building a product you're proud of, Oracle's willing to do really deep, hard engineering. And we don't always get it right. And the thing about doing hard engineering is that when you get it wrong, it looks like a lot of egg on your face. But when you get it right, you build something truly magical. And so what I think you see, and you, you see it in Oracle's past, you see it in Oracle now, and a lot of it comes directly from Larry himself, we're not going to shy away from really hard problems. We're not going to say it's impossible. Let's give up. Let's have everyone use a giant B tree as a service. No, we can bring all of the benefits to, you know, 99.99% of workloads. Maybe there's 0.01%, but we think we've got something special and we can do it. And if you take lots of engineers, lots of dedicated effort, and you have the whole stack, you can do it. The same thing with autonomous Linux. Why can't we make it much, much easier? Why do you have to reboot this machine? Why can't you live update the patch? Why can't you? Well, we can do it. Let's go take on that hard work. The same thing you see, like, for example, with what we recently did with Heatwave. Why can't I have a MySQL system that actually does well with analytical queries? Well, we can. And at Oracle, we will invest and do hard things. And we were, we're willing to be misunderstood for a long time. Um, and that's what I think that we're doing at, at OCI, that in Oracle in general, that people don't always see. 
and that's okay because I, I view that as a huge advantage for us. You know, we're, we're doing all this work underneath the covers. And then when it really comes out and people realize that we have a massive, you know, head start um, because people just, no one's working on those difficult problems. They've given up and they've said, I'm going to tackle easier problems. And they, therefore they get more immediate wins. They get more, but I think the long-term value is much lower. That's fascinating because I, I've, um, you know, sometimes you hear some, some companies say, hey, I'm in a unique spot. I don't have any competitors. Like, mm, there might be a reason for that. <laughs> but you, you're taking it from a different direction, right? It's like you, you get up here where the air is pretty thin, and there's not going to be a lot of people who can survive there. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I, think, I, I don't think of it as Oracle doesn't have competitors. I think, I think Oracle has tons of competitors. I think uh, that we just we're taking a different strategy. Right. Rather than um, rather than saying, hey, what I'm going to do is exactly what Amazon does. No, I, we have a different perspective and um, we have a lot of, of great technology and we have a lot of great people. And if we put that work together to really solve customer problems, it can make a huge difference. And, um, you know, look, if if Oracle as a company wasn't a database company, we probably wouldn't have built autonomous database. So I don't view it as like a surprise that other people didn't do that. I think it would be surprising if we didn't though. Yeah. That's our job. It's our responsibility. We've, we've been that leader for, you know, 30 plus years. We need to be that leader now. Yeah. And Clay, I just want to be clear. The one thing I said about, hey, I don't have any competitors. Those are companies that come up with some sort of goofy idea. Of, oh, yeah. There's a reason you don't have competitors. <laughs> Nobody's interested. But then there's the other, you know, the thin atmosphere. So now that is a great question. Clay, as we, we wrap up, is there anything you want to be sure to add or anything you want to be sure we, we cover? No, this has been great. I really enjoyed uh, talking with you today. And then thanks for taking the time to have me on.